What a blessing it is to be in God's house today. Great to see all of you too. And I wanted to begin today by asking the question, doesn't it seem like time is hurrying up right now? Just seems like time goes faster and faster and faster and faster, especially this morning. And I uh, just want to uh, slow it down for just a minute. Don't be in such a hurry. And I also want to recognize a couple people here today that haven't been here in a while. They've been traveling around, and Will and Patty Tompkins are with us today. It's great to have you back. Great to have you back. Amen. Amen. It's also good to see my friend Phil Sparkman and his wife back here as well. It's great to have you here this morning. And for those of you that are visiting with us today, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And I've been preaching for the last several weeks on Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. How many of you have that verse memorized? Well, the group is growing that has this. I've got, I'm up to three now. Things are, things are really looking up. For the rest of us that didn't raise our hands but know the verse, that's okay. And for those of you that don't know the verse at all, this is your opportunity to make a commitment to learn this verse. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And if you have your Bibles and you want to look along with me or you want to look along in the pastor's insert, I invite you to do that. As we read it out loud together, I figure if I can't get you to read it during the week, I can get you at least to read it once a week on Sunday morning. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Let's read it together on three. One, two, three. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Now, there's all different ways of translating that, but the verse basically stays the same in its fundamental meaning of the words. And I want us to focus in today on that word, good report. Now, there is a difference in the list here because this kind of ends the first thought of these words that are in order. And so this word, good report, kind of puts a capstone, if you would, on these words. So the first word is what is true, and then what is honorable, and then whatever is right, and then whatever is pure, and then whatever is lovely, and this sixth one is whatever is of good report. And it all kind of makes a full sentence to us here. And it is what encapsulates the meaning and the way to think about these first six things. There's a difference between a good report and thinking about the right way to say something about someone else. And so I want us to think about why it is that Paul was inspired by God to end this first thought here with this word, good report. Now, in <clears throat> this verse, this one tiny little verse, 
There are several words that are only used only one time in the New Testament. This is one of those words. And this word is the word in the Greek euphemos from where we get the English word euphemism. How many of you know what the word euphemism actually means? And are willing to raise your hand to testify to that. <laughs> well, the word euphemism is not a word that we use very much, but it is a word that describes the best way to say something about something. The best way to describe a person in a situation. They're not short, they're vertically challenged, would be a euphemism. Now, we call that politically correct, but... Actually, what it is, is it's thinking about the right way to say something about a situation. That's a good report. Now, what would you be the most excited about hearing this morning? If I were to say to you, I'm going to give you a good report, and I would say, I am going to give you the best news you could imagine. Don't say it out loud, but what would it be? You have just won the lottery and you are now $50 million ahead. Would that be the best news you could hear? Or would the best news you could hear be, you're going to live for another 50 years? Which would you rather hear? You just won $50 million, but you now have cancer and it's terminal and you'll be dead in six months. Would that still be good news? So how you think about good news, <coughs> pardon me, changes your perspective about things. There's a man in Malaysia who I read about recently who was a Pokemon Go addict. Go 67 or something like that was his handle in the game because he was 67 years old. And he was a Pokemon Go fanatic. He was an addict and every day he played the game. At 67 years old, he loved Pokemon Go. Did you know Pokemon Go is a worldwide game with gamers playing from all over the world with each other of all different ages, of all different stages of life? As a matter of fact, Hope Church is a Pokemon Go station. And we have people parked right down here in front of our church in our driveway at all hours of the day and night getting their Pokemon Go whatever they get right here. I don't know how Hope Church ended up being a Pokemon Go, whatever it is, but it is. And there's people here all the time. This guy had over 200 little animals that you get on Pokemon Go. He had a whole collection. He was at the 28th stage of the game, which is really difficult to get to. And just this past month, he got one of the rarest animals of all, the leprous. It looks like a snail. And I don't know why it's so important and so wonderful and so rare, but it is. And he was so excited because he had traveled to a place where he thought the leprous might be, and he had planned his whole vacation and whole schedule around getting this creature. And when he got it, he was so excited, he died on the spot of a massive heart attack. That's not funny. Some of you are smiling. But let me just ask you, what is a good report to you? Because to him, it was finding this little creature 
in a fictional game as part of his life. That was his priority. I want to ask you this morning, what do your priorities look like when you face life? And maybe it's not just a Pokemon Go game. Maybe it's serious. Maybe it is you've been told by the doctors there's some things that are going on. Maybe there are some things that are happening in your life that you wish were different. What about the challenges and the things that you look at in life? And how do you face those things that seem insurmountable? Do you have any giants in your life that you don't think there's any way through or around? And all you can see is the problem. People of God faced a very similar circumstance when they were going into the promised land. And so they got to the very edge of the promised land after all their travels and after receiving the law on Mount Sinai and all the things and the miracles that God had done had brought them through to the place where now they were getting ready to cross over into the promised land. And so they sent out one person from each tribe, 12 altogether. And those men searched through the land and came back with a report. They assembled the people and Moses got everybody together and he said, tell us what it was like. And they said, the land is excellent. It's full of humongous grapes that are so big we can't hardly carry the bunches of the grapes. And there's water and there's all the things that you could imagine. But there's one problem and it's a big one. The people in that land are so huge they make us look like grasshoppers. You ever feel like a grasshopper in a world full of giants? Well, these guys were looking up at nine feet tall guys and saying, I don't think so. They were willing to stay where they were because they weren't willing to trust God with the giants in their lives. And so they brought back a report to the rest of the people that were there and said, we do not want to go there. But there were two guys that had a different report. And you may remember their names, but just as a reminder, they were Joshua and Caleb. Those two men stood up and said, yeah, these other ten guys have told you the truth. There are giants, and uh, the land is good, and all these things are true that they've said. But the one thing that they haven't said is that God is on our side. And no matter how big the giants look, and no matter how big the problems look, if we will trust God for the giants, he will bring us the victory. That was a good report. And in your life and in my life, how we think determines what we say. We don't have to look past and pretend like or be naive about the giants in our lives. What we are asked to do is look beyond the giants to the God of the universe and say, Heavenly Father, whatever is going to happen to me, I'm trusting you with it. It may be a business thing. It may be a personal thing. It may be a family thing. It may be a health thing. But whatever it is, I am going to watch what I say about what I'm trusting in. Because if I'm afraid of the giants, it's because I'm trusting in myself. I know I can't beat the giants on my own, so I'm running scared. But if I'm trusting in God for the giants, then the giants better look out because God is on my side. And so how I'm thinking about what is true, and that is God's in control of the universe, what's going to honor him is that as I trust in him, I honor him. 
as I think about what he's going to make right, God's going to make everything right. Did you know that? I am fully convinced that at the end of the day, God is going to make it all right. Whatever the problems and circumstances of life, he's going to make it right. And whatever is pure and whatever is lovely, I'm going to hold on to because I know that's the best for what God wants me to be. And then, out of my mouth is going to come things that say the best about what the situation is. And so I'm with the proverb going to say, with, with the Proverbs as it says in chapter 7, verse 4, Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your intimate friend. Don't ask yourself what is right. Don't ask yourself what is wrong. Ask yourself what is wise. And you might come up with a different solution to the problem. And I say with David, but as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. Amen. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the problem, no matter what the situation, God, you're in control. Not me. You're God. I'm not. And I'm going to trust in you no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation is, because I want to keep my priorities in the right place. I do not want to die of a massive heart attack discovering a snail on Pokemon Go. That is not the story I want them to tell about me. <laughs> I'm living for a different legacy. But that brings me to my next thought, which is I want what I think to determine what I say, and I want what I think to be glorifying to God and trusting in God, but then that means that I've got to grow up and be mature. I, something about how I think about life needs to grow, and I need to think about the best way to say something, and when I have to stop and think about the best way to say something, that means I have to think about what's best to say, and then that requires me to be mature and show some evidence that I've thought about what I've said, what I'm going to say before I say it. How many times have you said something and then thought to yourself, boy, I could have said that a whole lot differently. Oh, man, boy, I really put my foot in my mouth in that one, and my size 12 shoes are not fitting very well. And, uh, you know, it's, oh, man, and you just have to, you, you know, you just say to yourself, oh, God help me. Ephesians chapter 4 says it like this, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Oh, we are to grow up. That means put away the things of childishness and all the immaturity that comes with that and grow up and how you speak the truth in love in all aspects. Some of you may have it really worked out in how you talk to certain people in your life. And other, other times you're dealing with the people that you love the most and you haven't learned how to talk to them. I had somebody tell me one time, I don't have to talk nice to you, you're my family. And I thought to myself, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You should talk nicer to me than you do the other people. But some people think it's the other way around. They think that just because you're family, they can talk to you however they want to. God help us. I would hope that you would think about what you would say before you said it to the people you love harder than you would think about the stranger that you meet on the street. But sometimes 
We're guilty of thinking longer about what we would say to the stranger on the street than we would the people we love the most. Now, I'm not saying you have to be fake or artificial. I'm saying grow up. Grow up in your relationships and how you talk to each other and how you love each other as evidenced in what it means to give a good report. Yes, there are giants in your relationships, and yes, there are giants in in the issues of life that we face. But learn how to speak the truth in love and grow up in all aspects of your life when it comes to how you talk. Because let me just tell you something. I will guarantee this. I'm like the suit guy. You know? You'll look good in that suit. I guarantee it. Well, if you listen to what the Word of God is saying to us this morning, your life will improve dramatically if you speak to the best of any situation. I can't tell you how the Holy Spirit will guide your thoughts if you'll just reach out and say, Heavenly Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, help me to speak to the best of this situation. I can't tell you how dramatically your life will improve when you do that. But here's what it's going to require you to do. It's going to require you, first of all, to put your ego on the shelf sometimes. Do you know sometimes I have been practicing lately the discipline of letting somebody else get the last word? (laughs) Is that as difficult for you as it is for me? <laughs> I I know I'm right. And if you don't agree with me, you're wrong. And before I leave you, I want to make sure you're aware of that situation and don't get confused about anything that you may think is right that I know is right that you I'm telling you is right because it's right. I wouldn't think it if it wasn't right. Practice in your life the discipline of speaking to the best of any situation and then letting that be enough. Not having to make your point, not having to go that extra mile to grind it into that person's understanding of what the situation is. Just speak to the best of any situation and then be silent. We don't hear that Joshua and Caleb argued with the other ten. We don't read that they told that the rest of the group, these guys are a bunch of idiots and we're going to have to walk around for 40 years now with nothing to do except walk around to watch you guys all die. Because that's what happened. God passed his judgment. And because those other men didn't give a good report, they wandered around for 40 years till that whole generation passed away because they wouldn't trust God. God help me to not cripple my own future by what comes out of my mouth so that my generation, so that your generation, so that we as a people don't cripple ourselves for life because of how we've chosen to think about the truth about what's going on in our lives, about the situation, about what brings honor and purity and righteousness to the situation. 
Let me just tell you something. The Holy Spirit's plowing some ground right now. He is. There's some things going on right now in, in, the, in the lives. I can just feel it. I just know it. And by the way, if you think I'm preaching to you, I'm not. I'm preaching right back to myself. Because every one of us can learn how to grow in this area of our lives. I don't care how long you've been alive. You can still learn how to speak the truth in love into the situation that you face and change the atmosphere of your lives as you put aside your ego, you put aside being having to be right, you put aside even wanting people to be convinced of the truth. <laughs> Did you know it's not your job to convince people of the truth? That's God's job. Your job is to tell the truth and be a messenger into the families that into the lives of the families and, and, and the people that you are around, and then just step back. Let the truth be what it is. People know who people are. Did you realize that? You don't have to convince somebody of who they are, and you don't have to convince somebody else of who that person is. People know who people are. And we live in a day where we're thinking about what looks good on Facebook and what's going to make, you know, have you ever seen somebody's profile page and it looked like their worst day? No. <laughs> You've seen a Facebook profile page and they look like they're 14. And they're actually whatever age they are. I won't say it out loud because I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> we're always trying to put our best foot forward and our best face forward. And we're always thinking about what we look like to others. Joshua and Caleb didn't take that into account. The other ten guys were all telling them that they weren't going to make it. Those two guys said, hey, God's on our side. It doesn't matter. God's going to help us. He's going to see us through. What are the situations in your life where you'll have an opportunity this week to give a good report? What are the situations in your life this week where you can put aside your own ego, and even if you're right, let the truth be what it is? And speak that truth in love and then be silent. And as we put away our selfish word, as we repress those fleeting passions, those involuntary thoughts that come to us. You remember at the beginning of this sermon series, I talked about involuntary thought, where just something smacks you upside the head, and voluntary thought, where you do something with that thought that smacks you upside the head. Because let me tell you something, when people do things that I would classify uncharacteristically as stupid, I immediately have thoughts that come to me just like that. And my mouth can sometimes get ahead of my brain and I can just express to them how that really looks or <laughs> what that really is. That is, I'm going to have to learn how to, how to not use that word anymore and say, you show it. Evident lack of intelligence. <laughs> Euphemistically speaking, you're not an idiot. You just don't have good genetics. No. Put aside that thought and then try to help whatever that situation is become better by saying something over that situation that solves the problem doesn't just get on the bandwagon of what's already obvious. And speak into something that is mature. 
that will help the situation. So many times people come to me and say, you know, Pastor Matt, we, we've noticed that uh, the paint is peeling off the outside of the church in this particular section. And I said, yeah, it, it is. Well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and we had a meeting yesterday of people who have decided that they're going to see the vision that God has for Hope Church and then they're going to be a part of living that out. And I would invite you to speak the truth in love and speak a good report into your life by saying, you know, Pastor Matt probably has other things to do besides work on that peeling paint. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, you know what, let's get a few people together and let's go get a paintbrush and some paint and let's paint that. Let's take care of that. Let's make that different. People who think with a good report get in there and change things too. It's not just what they say, it's what happens when they say it that's so wonderful. Because when I walk around and I look into things and I work on things and I begin to be a part of thinking maturely about how to solve problems in my life and how to solve problems in my relationships and how to speak good words into the lives of the people around me, not only does it change me, but then I have to do what I'm saying I'm, I'm talking about. In other words, I have to be an agent for change when I speak change. When I begin to talk about what needs to be done and I begin to be a part of solving it and thinking through it and giving a good report about it, because that's what Joshua and Caleb did. They didn't just say, you know, the land is good and the giants are big, but God's going to help us, so let's just stay right here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Their good report then required them to say, and I believe with God's help we should go into the land and take it right now because God's going to be with us. And I'm saying that to you in your life as well. Whatever the problems and whatever the situations that you're facing, as you begin to think about what's true and what's honorable and what's pure and what's right and all these things that we've talked about, and you begin to think about the best way to say those things, you know what? Things are going to change. And you're going to be able to move forward in your life. You won't be stuck where you're at. Do you feel like you're stuck where you're at sometimes? Do you feel like you're just living the same day over and over again like Groundhog Day? And nothing's changing. It's just the same day over and over again. Here, I got to do this, and I got to do that, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. And it's just the same thing. And in your relationship, sometimes you feel like it's Groundhog Day. You're just stuck, 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 stuck. You can't get away through. Start talking differently and watch what happens. Think about what you say and how it brings all the things in that situation to the very best possible light. And watch what happens. It's going to be amazing. What if a daughter walked up to her mother and said, Mom, I want you to know how much I love you and how wonderful you are. Oh, I can't think of any mother that wouldn't just melt on the spot. And yet children very seldom realize how powerful those words are. How wonderful it is to hear that you are appreciated as a parent. Well, what if you did that with all the situations in your life this week? What if you begin to change the atmosphere around you by how you talked into the situation. 
And, and, and this word that we're studying this morning, this word euphemos or euphemism, these, these two connecting words that talk to us about how to speak the best into any situation will become a part of how we live. And a little footnote to the story of Joshua is found in the first book, in the first chapter of the book that bears his name in the Scripture. And he gets everybody together and he says, listen, we're getting ready to go into the land of promise. God's going to help us. And I want every one of you to make a choice right now. I want you to know that whatever you do, whatever your actions are from this point on, however you're going to live, and whatever you're going to say, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I want the Holy Spirit of God to burn those words into your psyche right now. No matter what anybody else does, no matter what anybody else says, no matter how anybody else lives, you're going to make a decision. You are going to serve the Lord. By giving a good report, by saying the things that speak the best into any situation, you say, well, the people around me are just talking about yap, 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 yap. And gossiping and oh, tearing everything down and looking into the worst of every situation. And oh, I just can't stand to be around them. And they're my family. Be the one. Be the one that makes the difference. Be the one that speaks words of wisdom. Be the one that says things differently. Be the one that thinks maturely. Grow up in love. In all the aspects of your life, think about this week what it means to give a good report. Would you rather have $50 million in your bank account or would you rather have 50 years to live? Hmm. What's a good report to you? Let's stand together. Would you bow your heads to me for just a moment? Nobody looking around. Say, Pastor Matt, there's been some things in my life that the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me about as you've been talking. And I have some things that I need to, to do differently. And with God's help and through the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to. Would you raise your hand so I can pray with you this week that God will help you? Thank you. I see hands across the congregation. Our prayer team is here to meet with you and pray with you if you'd like to come forward for prayer at the end of the service. Pray about anything you'd like to pray about. These areas here on both sides of the front of the church are for you if you'd like to come and pray. So let's just pause for a moment and let's just talk to our Heavenly Father for just a moment. If you want to come forward and pray, you're welcome to do that. You're encouraged to do that. Spend some time with the Lord here. We're not in a hurry to leave. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity it is to study your word, to listen to the things that you have told us through your word. As we've been unpacking this verse in Philippians, Lord, I thank you for helping us to think differently. With this list you've given us, this wonderful list that connects all these things together, that you would help us to take this to heart. And Lord, in the situations that we 
we are living in and living through. Lord, help us to be careful to give a good report even on Facebook. Help us to be careful to give a good report even when we may not feel like it. Help us to give a good report because it means we're growing up in love and and maturing in our faith and in our lives and changing the atmosphere around us. Lord, I I pray that our congressman and our president and, and all those in authority would learn the principles of what it means to give a good report and help us to live past some of these things that would divide us into the future that you have for us and not be crippled by how we speak into the situations that we face. God, we do love you. and We thank you for the opportunity to worship you today. I ask your blessing over each family, each person, each home, each situation, each health issue, each financial issue, each whatever the situation may be, Lord, we give it to you this morning and say we're trusting you with whatever giants we may face. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.